Hey y'all, welcome back to the Late Night Vision Show. This is episode 288, quickly approaching episode 300. And uh, we're excited to get there. That should be coming uh, sometime in January, if my math is correct. Mm -hmm. But guys, my name is Jason. Uh, I am the owner of Outdoor Legacy, one of your co-hosts here on the podcast for all 288 episodes. And, uh, you know, you've been bearing through uh, all 288 of those with me and my co-host, mm -hmm. Mr. Hans East Texas. What's going on tonight, Hans? Yeah, well, it's been a uh, see if you open Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, see a lot of uh, successful opening deer hunting weekend uh, pictures out there from a lot of you. Good to see all those pictures. It was not a success for me, but to get success, success, you actually have to like sit in the stand. And I did not have a chance to do that this weekend. Uh, you know, Jason, I, it really kicks in for me. I would say I really start getting interested in, in it, uh, around Thanksgiving. And I know you're, you're already, you and the kids are, well, out, I'm just taking the, the kids, kids are yeah, doing I'm it. just taking the kids. Yeah, and you and so, the kids yeah, are doing it. That's all we're doing. Um, mine are, my oldest sister already shot a deer and she has no interest in doing it again. My youngest has, but we got to get her out on the rifle and practicing. But want to, uh, yeah, congratulations to all those people out there yeah. that did get something on the ground. Hey, also for all of you out there that watched Two Minute Tuesday, thank you all for doing that. I mean, uh, a lot of guys that are replying uh, to some of the social posts about Two Minute Tuesday say, hey, it's great to know what the show topic is. Uh, this week, I don't know, Jason, if they say that just so they know whether to watch or whether not to watch. <laughs> Maybe. That's probably the truth. Yeah, but uh, thank you all for doing it. I mean, we do get a lot of positive feedback on it. And, you know, if you don't know what Two Minute Tuesday is, um, it is a very short, kind of exactly what it sounds like. It's a two to three minute video, uh, which if you know Jason and I, is very hard to do to keep us under three minutes. Uh, it is a struggle we have to make many takes and we <laughs> set timers we do yeah. not love two Stop. minute tuesday but we are fully vested in it at this point so <laughs> i don't know if we're fully vested in it i was trying yeah. to quit doing it jason two weeks is ago, trying but to, i don't know jason, i'm not i'm not fully vested jason is trying to pull the ripcord at any moment on it i'm I, it, all the time <laughs> but, uh, all the time thank y'all thank y'all for watching it uh, we it, it is that is yeah. a great place y'all for you to not just know what the topic is but if there are any deals specials by the manufacturers any breaking news that we need to talk about before our main show on Thursday. It's a great source and a quick source of information to be able to do that. But uh, before we jump into the topic, if you watched Two Minute Tuesday, uh, or if you looked at the title of this video, you probably already know what we're talking about. But I want to invite you, if you are interested in purchasing a brand new night vision or thermal optic, uh, you can call us, me, Jason, Ashley, and we take your phone calls all day long. We, we talk you through the process. Uh, there are a lot of people that say, man, there's so many out there. I don't even know where to begin. I promise you after a few minutes, we can get it narrowed down to two or three very good options for you, uh, whether you're ready to buy now or in the future uh, or to do some more investigating. But give us a call, 877-350-1818. You can find all of the optics on our website, Outdoor legacygear.com. All right, Jason. I'm going to go add a disclaimer. Uh -oh. I'm going to add a, this is going to seem really weird that I have to do this, but it's happened so many times that I have to add this. Everything you just said is correct. Call us. We'll be glad to help you. But just so you know, this is what we do for a living is sell night vision and thermal optics. And uh, we have people who call 
and talk to, to one of us for 15, 20, 30 minutes, uh, get all the way down to it and then say, okay, well now I've got to go find somebody that sells these. And we're like, uh, that's us. And they go, really? We didn't know y'all did that. We thought you just offered this free service, uh, like mother Teresa of, of helping people with these optics. So that is what we do for a living. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for an optic, we would love to help you. And we would love to have your business. Yeah. Let's jump into this topic. Yeah. Now I want to give a disclaimer, another disclaimer here. Um, this topic this week is going to be dual purpose thermal optics. So that means taking a thermal rifle scope and using it as both a handheld and a thermal rifle scope. You're using it in, in two ways, taking it off the rifle, holding it up, looking through it, scanning around, putting it back on the rifle and then shooting with right. it. So we've, uh, we've kind of talked about some of this before. We're going to get into this again, but I want to give a little bit of a disclaimer because last week... We talked about people that had a two, $3,000 budget and they wanted to get two optics, a, a thermal um, handheld for scanning for quick, you know, uh, detection and then get a night vision scope to use uh, for their actual shooting on the rifle. So they've got two units in one. And we believe that that is the absolute best way to do it. Two units mm -hmm. in one, whether your budget only allows for a night vision scope and a thermal handheld or, you know, a thermal rifle scope and a thermal handheld, you know, whatever your budget is, we, we will always advocate for two optics. And I know you can say, well, yeah, you just told us you sell these. So you want to sell me two versus one. No, I say that as you tell me your budget is $6,000 and I would rather sell you $6,000 worth of two optics than $6,000 worth of one. That's actually more work, more shipping, uh, more customer service for us. But, but I'm telling you, it's, it's long-term. We think it's better for you to have two optics. But with that said, and that's kind of where this topic comes into, we understand there's a couple issues. One, there's guys that say, forget it. I want a thermal scope period. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to use. I don't have the money for a thermal handheld, but I'm going to buy a thermal scope. So great. Uh, so we're going to give you some, you know, kind of our thoughts on this process and maybe even some directions to look for what scopes to kind of, you know, go towards if you're going to do that. And, and then last, there's a lot of guys that say, listen, I I'm with you. I want both to want two optics, a handheld and a scope but right now this week, this month, this season, this year, whatever it is, I can afford a thermal scope. I'll save my money up, come back next year, and I'll buy the thermal handheld, but there's no need in me buying, you know, two optics down here and the, the, the digital night vision and a less expensive handheld that I'm going to want to get rid of in a year. I'm going to buy the scope now. I'll buy the handheld letter. And so that's fine too. So that's what this show's about. Well, you're exactly right. We did last week kind of say don't go the route that we're about to talk about this week but there are like you said at the end of the day there are people that need uh and there are some scenarios that a a backup or a dual thermal scope is appropriate now what is a dual purpose thermal so what we're going to be showing i'm going to show a couple optics so if you're listening on itunes or spotify i'm, I'm going to show so what we consider a a uh, a dual purpose thermal optic is a as is, is an optic that is compact in size so and i'll show example uh, example of that in a second and also because you're going to want to transition it from a thermal like a monocular handheld scanner to a weapons mounted uh thermal rifle scope it's going to need to have a quick release mount on it so there's people out there that call and say i need a i need something that i can scan with and that i can shoot with that i can take on and off very quickly if uh you know whether that's 
home defense, whether that's hunting, whether whatever it may be. Uh, and, and, you know, also there's situations where you just need a backup scope, but that, that compact size, uh, with a quick release mount. Now I'm going to show you an example of something that is not a, uh, what we would consider something that could be used as a dual purpose or a compact scope. This is a tube style thermal scope. Every, just about every major brand has a model. The Pulsars have the Thermion model uh, of tube style scopes. The AGM has the adders. I rays have the bolt series, very, very popular scope. Very, um, good for a lot of reasons, a lot of different platforms you can mount it on. But if you, as you can see, it is not small. So if you're talking about trying to, it does have a QD mount on it. This has American defense QD mount. But if you talk about taking a tube style scope off of a rifle and scanning with it, you'd almost have to have you two hands. And if you're just using one hand, it's hard to keep it steady enough to scan with. If you're using two hands, you're going to wear yourself out. Um, it is not ideal. It doesn't mean you can't, um, but definitely wouldn't suggest it. Wouldn't suggest doing that for a long period of time. Um, we got here though. This is a Rico G. This is the Rico G series. Um, this does come with a um, an option to purchase a quick release mount from from Infrared Outdoor. Infrared Outdoor. I just want to throw that out. Ira USA. Yep. Yeah, the Rico G. And this is what we would consider a compact style scope. You can see. I mean it not much bigger than my hand. You can almost wrap your whole hand around it. Something that you can easily hold up and scan uh, with one hand. You know, these optics usually mount better on a AR style platform, but definitely small enough that you could take it, use it as a hand scanner, and also quickly put it on a rifle with a QD mount. Some brands provide the QD mount. Some brands you have to purchase a QD mount separate. Uh, but that's what, you know, if we're talking about the definition of a dual purpose thermal optic, uh, it would be one that you could easily hold with your, in your hand, be able to take it from a scanner to a rifle position, rifle mounted position in a, in a short amount of time uh, and something that is what we would consider more compact. So that is the definition. Did I leave anything out before I get into the advantages of that, Jason? I don't know. No, I it's, don't think you did. And I, and I know that I know that there's nobody well there's probably somebody there's always one guy we're not saying there's anything wrong with the tube style scope that's what's on our personal rifle setups we we really really like mm -hmm. that design so like that pulsar thermion he held up i mean that's hans's personal unit we really like this but they don't work for this scenario for this show topic today of dual purpose mm -hmm. uh and i think so compact that you can wrap your hand around mm. and get a good grip on, uh, not have to hold it with two hands like a telescope, you know, not being that long and not just being super, super overly heavy. There's some other scopes. Uh, and I don't want to start going on this rabbit trail of naming models and this, model, but, but there's some scopes that I can think of that people would say, well, yeah, that's, that's not a tube style scope but it's big it's heavy it's yeah, bulky yeah. and i would say could you do it i mean it's on the outside fringes of being in my opinion reasonable mm -hmm. i would not do it so anyway you, you if you're looking for this and you're really going to do this you need to be thinking the smaller and the more mm -hmm. compact the better if you're going to be holding that thing up with one hand all night long looking through it that's what you need to be thinking about is because i promise you it's going to be 
in your hand more than it's going to be on the rifle. Yeah. That's why a dedicated handheld is so valuable. Yeah. But but anyway, so that's what you need to be thinking about when you're looking at these scopes, if this is how you're going to do exactly. it. Exactly. So there are people, if, if many of you out there remember the Pulsar Trails series, I know a lot of guys that used to scan with those and shoot with them. That's right there on the line where it's like, oh, it's that's almost too it's big, big, but... I guess you can scan with it. I mean, but yes, it's the, the tube style scope, I would say definitely wouldn't want to do it. Uh, a, the, the old Pulsar trails or like the, the infrared outdoor, the Rico series, like the larger the M- MK ones. One, yeah. I w- it's kind of the same thing. It's right there on the line. We'll talk about another one that's kind of on the line too, but let's talk about the advantages of dual purpose thermal optics. Again, something you can take off, use as a scanner and weapons mount it. Uh, it was, you know, consider these compact scope. The first thing is cost. The cost factor, we talked about it last week. Two, uh, two optics are better than one, but at the end of the day, you need to do what you want to do. And, uh, you know, we're, we can only offer so much guidance and just real in the field experience with these things. But if you want to get the best scope that you can for the money and you know that you're going to need something that you can scan with in some scenarios, maybe you know what? I don't hunt that much, but I want to have something in the truck for when I'm out, you know, uh, working cows, or I want to be able to see down in the field when, when cabin season's going on, I'm not going to hunt with it that much. I want to be able to scan with it. But if a coyote runs in, I want to throw it on rifle real, real quick and take a shot. Yeah. That's, that's a scenario where, you know, the person's, uh, you know, going to be scanning with it more often, not hunting with it as often. And it, that would be appropriate, you know, use for a dual purpose, um, optic what what the advantage of having a two-in-one optic is the cost factor uh you know obviously you're able to get a um a high quality optic in most cases high quality compact thermal optic uh and you're getting that because you're using it as two different uh purposes you're not having to buy two optics so you may be able to get a little bit nicer scope than you would if you went with the two optic route that jason and i suggest so that's one thing cost able to get a nicer scope uh you know a little bit maybe a little bit better resolution or higher resolution or more features that you want to do Uh, the second thing is the size and the weight the advantage so i just showed you the size of a compact scope that being the weight and the overall length is going to be quite a bit shorter quite a bit less weight than a full size what we'll call a full size thermal scope um, so if you're wanting to have something that you can carry in a backpack, put in your uh, coat pocket, carry around with you again, for the purpose of scanning with, uh, and then needing to throw it on a rifle, you have that. So definitely you can, <laughs> Jason, you can hide, uh, an AGM Rattler a lot easier than you could hide a AGM adder. <laughs> you know, I can't imagine <laughs> yeah, like trying right. to stick an adder in my back pocket or a coat pocket. No, uh, you're not going to, I don't know if it'll fit in my backpack. Yeah. yeah. You're not, you're not going to like uh, be very incognito with a tube style AGM adder no. versus their Rattler series. So the, no. the, the size and the weight difference is definitely noticeable. Uh, and, and I would say an advantage for making the case for somebody going with a dual purpose um, setup. The last thing, and what we hear a lot, there are a lot of people out there uh, in what I call the buddy scope scenario. That uh, is for people that, that have, that want, that really these are the best kind of friends to have is I want to have a scope. So when my friends go out with me, they have something to use. So they're just not standing there looking at the darkness. Um, First of all, 
you're a great friend for buying, uh, for thinking <laughs> of your friends. But at the same time, they want to have something that they can scan with while they're hunting alone. And if their friend shows up, then they have a scope that they can use. Um, that is the advantage of being able to have this dual purposes for scenarios, whether it be your your family, kids, friends, whatever, that you can, um, the majority of the time, if you're hunting alone, that you have this optic that's small enough that you can scan with. Um, but for whatever reason, a friend shows up and you need to, they need a thermal, then you can put it on their rifle real quick and, uh, you know, get it, get it ready to go and go out and hunt. And that way, both of you have an optic. So it is, I mean, the, Jason, those are some of the few advantages I'm sure people can think of some more. Those are the ones that really just crossed uh, my mind in a short amount of time of being able to have that, that, that cost factor of being able to get the nicer optic, the size and weight, and also having a buddy optic. There are some scenarios in that we talk about on the phone, like we said in the past, you know, two optics we feel like is better than one, but you know, at the end of the day, there's some, there's some things that guys bring up to me. And I say, you know what, you're right. That, that kind of works out to be better for what you're trying to do, having one optic. And it's really, to tell you the truth, when I, really have that conversation where I am kind of pushing them into a dual purpose optic. It's really a lot for the guys. And you, you, you might agree with this, Jason. It's really a lot for the guys that are using it for home and property defense, something that they want to sit mm -hmm. on a nightstand mm -hmm. scan with right. They're saying, I'm going to scan with it. And they use it as a scanner 95% of the time. And Lord, I hope I never have to put it on a rifle, but I want to have the ability to, yeah, you know what? And that scenario is probably better to have a compact dual purpose optic. You can scan with it, scan around your property, uh, whether you're, again, working cows, whatever you're trying to do. And then if you need it, you can put it on a rifle. So there are scenarios uh, where a dual purpose optic is appropriate. So, guys, if y'all were watching, I don't know if Hans had me up here on the screen, but you probably saw me looking down and I was furiously taking notes because I was thinking of more and more negatives to counter all those positives. And so I'm going to yeah. give the, good, uh, good. I, I was like adding notes over here. No. So listen, and, and I, I, I'm going to, at the end here, I'm going to wrap this and I'm going to come back and say, I'm going to say at the beginning, I'm going to say at the end, we're not trying to talk you out of this. Okay. We want you to consider the pros and consider the cons. And we feel that our duty in this show is to, uh, show you, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, but we know that, uh, most people, uh, whether they're your buddies or whether they're another dude, they're trying to sell you something. Everybody wants to tell you the positives. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to talk about the negatives. Why? Because if it's a dealer, he doesn't want to talk you out of buying something. If it's your buddy, uh, he doesn't want uh, to think about that. He might, maybe he might made the wrong decision. So it, it's one of those things where we want to look at it from all angles, from our experience and not just our own experience, but, but listening to other customers that have called us and said, Hey, I thought this was going to work and it's not. And here's the problem I'm having. I didn't even think about this. So again, we're not trying to just be negative about it, but we want to want to come to every angle and let you make the decision of what works best for you. Mm. So here's a couple things. First, uh, ergonomics. I kind of mentioned that there a, a little bit, talking about you want to be able to hold this optic in your hand. Well, you got to think about a thermal monocular, a handheld device is made ergonomically to be held in your hand. Uh, many times it will have a padded hand strap. Uh, even if it doesn't, the buttons are there made for you to be able to easily press and manipulate them 
while holding it. Again, that's what it's made to do. But when we talk about a thermal rifle scope, uh, it's they didn't the, the manufacturer wasn't worried about somebody holding it. They were worried about how it was going to function when it was being uh, mounted on the rifle. And you have to think about uh, depending on whether you're a left-handed or right-handed shooter, a normal uh, you know right-handed shooter, which is what most people are, your offhand is your left hand. So sometimes there's buttons and things that are on maybe the left side of the scope because the assumption is, is the average person is going to have their left hand free. Well, that same right-handed shooter is going to be holding that monocular up mm -hmm. or that scope up as a monocular with his right hand. So you just kind of kind of think about uh, sometimes the buttons are shifted over to the left side. Why? Because you're going to manipulate them with your left hand. Well, now you're holding it at your right hand. So it's it just sometimes they're just not made to be held. But again, you can force that in there and you can make that work. Uh, also, so you're going to get a little bit limit yourself on the rifle setups you can use. And the reason is, is because, uh, you know, the tube style scopes, the 30 millimeter tube scopes that, that Hans held up, those are really, really great for bolt action rifles. These smaller, more compact style scopes generally are not great for bolt action scopes. The exception is that, uh, like that infrared outdoor Rico G that he held up, um, that scope comes in the box with a longer mount that will allow you to mount. Let's say it's on a bolt gun and it pushes the scope back towards the buttstock. So you go, hey, it works. Well, it does, but you can't use that mount if you're going to use it mm -hmm. as a handheld scanner. Why? Because that's not a quick detach return to zero mount. So you're going to buy that little small quick detach mount. Hans, I'm assuming you held that scope up. It had the American defense mount on it. Is that right? Uh, you assumed incorrectly. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so, all right, that's okay. So, so Hans held that up and either it didn't have a mount at all, or it had the long mount. My point no, it, is yeah, though, it, it, you it didn't have it, a mount, but yeah, the American defense okay. mount, I mean, it's the same footprint as the, the base to, of the scope, a couple of two, three inches. Yeah. So what he's saying is it's there, it's in the middle of the mm -hmm. scope. So you're going to have to move move that scope forward uh, to mount it on your Picatinny rail. Again, not ideal for a bolt gun or any rifle with a fixed stock. So you are, and I know there's going to be somebody say, well, I do it. And you know, okay, generally speaking, you're going to be forced into an AR style scope platform scope, AR style rifle platform or at least something with a collapsible stock if you go this route. It's going to be very difficult to get the scope you need with a quick detach mount on a bolt gun. Mm -hmm. All right, so there's another uh, you know, little bit of an issue, something you got to work around. Second, you are greatly limiting the scopes that you can have in your mm -hmm. uh, you know, options. So if I come to the table and I say, all right, I'm an AR shooter and... Uh, you know, let's talk about all the scopes. Well, every scope, every scope is on the table until we start numbering them down. You say, okay, well, I'm going to shoot, you know, 200 yards all the time. Okay, well, we need to take all these low magnification scopes off. Okay, well, I... Uh, need a laser rangefinder. We're going to take all these without laser range. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we're numbering this down until we can help you get into the exact right scope. You don't get that option because you immediately take off 
every tube style scope, which let's just look at Pulsar as an example, that is uh, almost, well, it's all but two of their scopes. Mm. And they're one of the premier thermal manufacturers in the world. So you're taking all but two of their scopes off. All right. You are also uh, going to take off most, not all, but almost every scope mm. with a laser rangefinder. Mm. I mean, at least the, at least the majority of them, in my opinion, right. there's going to be some scopes. I know guys are going to say, well, wait a minute, hang on. I can have a laser range finder and I can add it onto the side of this scope. Yeah. But now we're talking about big, mm -hmm. heavy, bulky, that these are the scopes we're not going to recommend. So the point in all this is, is that, you know, and that's okay. If this is what you want to do, you just need to understand, uh, you need to come to the table saying, I'm willing to make sacrifices because my ultimate goal is a two in one scope. Right. I want to use it as a handheld. I want to use it as a rifle scope. And I understand that there are, there's, there's a give and there's a take. And so you're going to be giving some there. So limited scopes. Um, also let's talk about the actual mm -hmm. transition of taking the scope off your rifle putting it in your hand, using it, and putting it back on the rifle. Now, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, well, that's easy. I mean, it's literally a single throw lever. It's a quick detach mount. I'm going to, you know, press the little lever. I'm going to, uh, you know, pull it off. I'm going to hold it in my hand. I'm ready. I'm going to put it right back on, flip the lever. How hard is that? Well, let me ask you. Let's say that I stick you out there in a rodeo arena and I let a mad screaming bull out running at you and tell you, you got to tie your shoe. Uh, did all of a sudden you forget how to tie your shoe? Did it get a whole lot harder than it was when you were just standing there uh, in the stands? Yeah. Why? Adrenaline. Yeah. That's exactly what happens to you when you're out there with this scope or in your hand. So you're scanning around, got the call running, calling in coyotes. Boom. Hey guys, there's one coming in hot at 300 yards. All right. So now, you know, <laughs> what have you got? It, it's do? almost, it's even yep, hard, you know, think about transitioning from a, uh, just a monocular in your hand to switching over your eye to the scope. Yes. Like I'm trying to throw exactly. the monocular somewhere, stick it somewhere and then put, put my face behind the scope. Imagine having to do that with mounting, remounting a scope in the, in the dark. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly. And, and, and Hans just said that my, that was going to be my last zinger is you're doing this in the dark. <laughs> okay. It's one thing to do this in your living room or out there in your backyard practicing. It's another to do it in the dark. And, and so back to my scenario, boom, you got this coyote come running in. I'm going to tell you, if you are anything like me, if you're anything like Hans or anything like any of the guys that, that we've hunted with over the years, I can tell you what happens. Boom, adrenaline hit. Oh my gosh. This is this is this is what we came here for. This is if you don't get that, then man, go watch football. I mean, mm -hmm. go do something else because this that's what it's about is that uh, that rush of oh my gosh, here he comes. Let's go. So now you're fumble fingers. All right. So now you get oh my gosh, I'm in a hurry. Well, let's walk this scenario through a little bit slower and let's talk about the steps again. I said, all you have to do is slap it on the rifle and press the QD throw lever over. Well, you're in the dark. So number one, is that QD lever, is it all the way open or is it all the way closed? Yeah. 
I don't know. It's in the dark. So you got to feel, how did I leave it? I don't know. Oh, it's closed. Well, guess what? Most of these have a little locking lever. Again, not a big deal, but in the dark, in a rush, I'm trying to get that lever. Okay. I get it locked open. Now I go over to the rifle, slap it on there, right? Well, hold on a minute. You have to put it back in the exact same Picatinny <laughs> slot that you took it out of if you want it to remain zeroed. And as easy as these things are to put on in the daylight, it, in dark, you put this thing on, and if, if you've ever seen a little uh, a Picatinny rail or a Picatinny mount, it's, I'm holding my fingers up, this is a terrible, like, you know, they're like this. Well, you try to get this thing on, and you're trying to, and it feels like, you know, the Indians are attacking. <laughs> you're over here trying well, to load your musket. I, I mean, <laughs> you and I have done this for a number of years, hunted at night. I, I can't imagine. Long, long time having to try to do that before when you got a coyote running in or if you got a hog that jumps out of the woods at 30 yards at you i, I can't imagine trying to you know uh, clumsily put this rifle scope back on the rifle in the correct picatinny slot in yeah. in the dark you know i think we're probably making it's, the case for not having a dual purpose but that's okay uh, but yeah. yeah that's just well, it, it's so so difficult it is and so so i, I will say this now i'm going to turn this to give you a little quick positive a trick that i have seen guys do had some customers show me this over the years is if you want to get that back in that exact same Picatinny slot easily or, or more easily, they sell rail covers. Okay. And um, I think maybe like, I'm going to say this, maybe wrong. I think maybe UTG makes some, I'm sure that there's, there's, you know, cheap little Chinese brands all over that make these things, but it's, you can buy them in long links or buy them in little short links. And it's basically this rubber cover that goes over your Picatinny rail and it covers some mm -hmm. slots. Well, what you can do is you can mount your scope, get it zeroed where you want it, and then take one of those little covers and put it where it wraps and goes around your rail right in where that where your mount hits it. Okay, so now when you go to, to, to mount that, at least you, you've got a spot. I can't go, you know, I can't get up here. I'm bumping this. It's I have seen that. I do think it helps a little bit. If you don't have that, you're going to have to mark that picatinny rail somehow so you know um, either you're going to count your slots up which is kind of dangerous to do in the dark time consuming or you're going to have to put some uh, white fingernail polish uh, you're going to put I've, I've seen guys use like some little glow in the dark fingernail polish and you have to do something because you got to get it back in that slot now all right not to uh, belabor that point too long you've got it back on the rifle awesome here we go now there's Two more issues that concern me. Number one, in that time period, let's say that you did that perfectly. There's the coyote. He's charging in. The call's still running. Boom. I lock it over here. It goes straight to the rail. I flip the lever. I get behind the scope. In those seconds, where is that coyote? Where did he go? Did he go left? Did he go right? Is he still coming straight towards me? Did he turn around and run up? You got to find him now. And again, you're in this rush because gosh, I've been here for an hour and a half. I'm freezing my tail off. I can't lose this guy. Yeah. This is what I'm here for. Now you're, you're, you've got this frustration. And again, this, this anxiety of where is he? Is he still right where he was? Okay. And then the last thing that this is, this is the, the, Hans talks about the mental game 
And I think, you know, we all know that when it comes to shooting, the mental part is the biggest hurdle. And there's a whole lot of guys that the mental concerns them of taking the rifle scope off the rifle and putting it back on. And is it going to hold zero? Now, number one, we're going to tell you that if it's done correctly and if it's mounted correctly, then it will with quality mount, not just any mount. We're talking about American defense style mount. It will. Okay. But it has to be done correctly. Uh, over tightening or under tightening the mount uh, on the rail will, will produce terrible results. So this has to be done exactly properly to, to get that zero. Now you can, and you need to go test that on the, on the bench, on the range and confirm, taking it off, putting it back on, taking it off, putting it back on. You can see that it's going to do that, but sometimes you still have that little doubt mm -hmm. in the back of your mind thinking, did I get that in the right slot? Did I go one too far back? Did I go one too far forward? What's happening? How far is that coyote now? Maybe I, this, you don't want that twinge of doubt. So, all right, I'm going to quit talking negative for just a minute. And I'm going to say, I know I've been negative, Nancy. All right. I've given a very good case of why you should not do this. But we understand there are scenarios. There are scenarios well, I, where I will advise someone to do this. The guy comes to me and says, look, I'm buying a thermal scope. You can sell it to me. Somebody yeah. else can sell it to me. I'm buying a thermal scope. And the issue is I cannot afford or I'm not going to buy or don't feel like buying a thermal handheld scanner. So I got to have a dual purpose. Then I'm going to say, okay, let's talk about it. I mean, you know, you, you've made that conscious decision and guys, I mean, again, at the end of the day, we're here to put you in the best optic that works for you and your you know specific scenario. So then we can go over what optics are working. Hans is going to kind of go mm -hmm. through a general, very mile high list of some of the optics, but I don't want you to think like, okay, this is what I want to do, but I can't call Hans and Ashley and Jason because these guys think it's a dumb idea and they're going to tell me so. We're not, not at all. We talk to people all day long that are going to do this. We're just trying to give you what the pros are and what the cons are. And there are pros to this. Uh, I completely understand. You know, Hans mentioned the buddy scope. He's, you know, people say, well, I want to take my buddy. Even more realistic than that, and I think Hans and I know this as fathers, because a lot of times you may be taking your kid. Mm -hmm. And I completely understand that you, you know, say, well, I'm not going to buy a scope for me, a handheld. Then I want to take my kid and all they can do is look. I want them to be able to shoot but I need to be on the rifle too. I'm not going to take my kid out and we're going to stock up on hogs and he's got the only rifle scope and I'm holding a thermal handheld. No, we're both going to be on rifle. I get that. So there are scenarios where you say, I need, I've already got a thermal scope, but I need another scope that I can use as a handheld. And I mean, I, again, mm -hmm. so we get it. There are legit reasons. I don't want my, my 15 minutes of, of negativity there to make you think, to be embarrassed to talk to us about it. No, not at all. I'm just saying these are the things that you need to think about. And I would say that over the years, one of the most common um, disappointments that we've heard is people calling back with this intention. And after a few months say, Okay, guys, <laughs> I told you I had a $5,000 budget and I was going to buy this scope and I was going to use it as a handheld and I was going to use it as a, a monocular. 
I did it and I'm doing it and I'm tired of it. And I wish I hadn't spent all that $5,000 because now I got, you know, whatever thousand bucks, what can I get for a handheld? And, you know, and so there's, there's that frustration that a lot of people eventually come back to. But again, a lot of guys say, it's okay. I want this expensive rifle scope or that this is what's in my budget. And when I can afford a handheld, I'll get a handheld. In the meantime, I'm going to make do. Jason Robertson, y'all, owner of Outdoor Legacy, crushing dreams. One, one I knew it was going to be something. No, I'm, jo- <laughs> I'm joking with you. No, it, uh, you're exactly right. It There's a lot of gray area in this discussion. It's hard to be you know, hundred percent on, you can't do it and a hundred percent that yes, it's no, always going to be possible. No. That's why it's important to, to talk through this. Now let's, I'm going to, like Jason said, we're going to talk briefly because we're running out of time briefly about some models that if you are interested in dual purpose thermal, uh, kind of some models to look at. I'm going to start with AGM. Uh, AGM has the Rattler series, uh, very small compact scopes. There's four different models. Uh, anywhere from 384 resolution to 640 resolution, definitely in the AGM line. Go check those out. Those are the Rattler series. Very popular for many, many years. Um, we showed one, the Infrared Outdoor. Uh, this is the Rico G. You may have heard it called the Genie, but the G series, they've got uh, mm-hmm. the so 384 resolution models uh, with and without a rangefinder. They've got some 640 resolution models, and they even put a rangefinder on the side of this, and it's still somewhat... I would say, I mean, somewhat compact, even with the mm-hmm. laser rangefinder. Yeah. So those are the G series from infrared outdoor. Um, I want to show this because we talked about Pulsar. This is the Talion. It does have a QD mount on it. And this is one of those borderline, you know, could be used dual purpose, but almost a little bit too big, but it's not as compact as some of the others that you may see, it's a little bit longer, but still lighter mm-hmm. weight. You can grip it and hold it here with just one hand. You can scan it. You don't have to use two hands to scan it. So this is borderline. It's right there. If it were any longer, mm-hmm. you would say no. But that's these are the Pulsar Talions. Again, very, very popular. Got a 384 resolution option and a 640 resolution option. Uh, Envision has the Knox 18, which is a weapons mountable and helmet mountable uh, optic that you, has a reticle that you can turn on and off. You could also use it as a hand scanner. Uh, and the Knox 35, one of our personal favorite dual purpose optics, which mm-hmm. you can helmet mount it, hold it as a hand scanner, put it on a rifle. Again, has a reticle that turns on and off. Uh, and then bearing optics, just about every model that we sell of bearing optics would yep. be considered compact, wouldn't it? I mean, you've got the... The Hawkster, yeah, the Super Hawkster, the Super Yoders. So there's a lot of options out there. We just mentioned a few uh, uh, in the the more popular ones. And uh, we can definitely, when you call in, we can limit that down in your budget and your features that you want, obviously size. But um, there are, even though I'd say the market is trending more towards the full-size tube-style scopes seem to be the more popular. And I'm saying this, and mm-hmm. like, I hate tube-style scopes. But man, that's you. You look at it. Pulsar's Thermion, obviously very popular. Uh, the Adder is probably one of their most popular scopes. The Adder, and very, and, yeah, very and popular. And the Bolt uh, from Iray is that's the number yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, so these the tube style scopes are kind of taking over, but there is still a big market for compact, and it's a sure. lot for the dual purpose guys. But um, those are the models to look at. Uh, Jason, you want to add anything before we start wrapping? No, I. 
I I think that's it. So guys, listen, if you're uh, you're interested in this again, we we don't want you to think that uh, you know we're, we're again trying to be negative. Nancy, give us a call. We'll be glad to help you. And you may say, okay, I'm still on the fence. I got a couple of specific questions. We're glad to answer those. Give us a call. We'd love to have your business help you figure out what will work right for you. Another thing you may need is you may say, all right, guys, um, uh, I, I want to do this, but maybe I don't know enough about it. Here's my total budget, whatever it is, three, four, five, that whatever that budget is and say, can I get two objects for this? And am I, am I sacrificing? And what if I have got a, whatever, a $4,000 budget, but I only spend three and I keep that at a thousand over here in my piggy bank and keep adding to it. What, so there's a lot mm -hmm. of ways to skin the cat and we're willing uh, and, and happy to talk to you about those and figure out what would work best for you and then help you with that sale when you're ready. So guys, uh, 877-350-1818. That is the way to get a hold of Hans, Ashley, or myself. We are always happy to talk to you mm -hmm. and help you there. We'd love to have your business outdoor legacy gear.com. Uh, if you're looking for, uh, more shows like this. Maybe this is the first time you, you know, found this. It just popped up in your uh, YouTube feed. Uh, the Late Night Vision Show. A Late Night Vision Show. If you search that uh, here on YouTube or you just click the little uh, button there, go straight to our channel. You can subscribe and see all of our videos. We do lots of reviews, uh, just general night hunting discussions uh, like this as well. Uh, if you want uh, sometimes I, I used to say they're shorter. I don't know if they're shorter <laughs> anymore, but if you want some right. somewhat shorter reviews, go over to Hans's channel, H A N S E T X like East Texas, Hans East Texas. Uh, he's got reviews uh, of a lot of the optics that we talk about on the show here. Sometimes his reviews are a little shorter. Sometimes he, he talks just as, just as long. You know, it just really depends <laughs> on what kind of mood here. I'm in. It could be long, could be, it you does. never know. It's the luck of the draw. It's true. Yeah. Same thing with our salesman, Ashley. Uh, he's, uh, he's got the same struggle that Hans and I do of, uh, he's a big talker. And I think that's what it takes to uh, do this all day on the phone with people. And then when we try to, to get in front of the video camera and make it short and sweet, it's, it's hard for mm -hmm. us to do, but his channel is row R O W E. That's his last name. R O W E E T X. So row East Texas. Um, definitely mm -hmm. we got the East Texas covered over here. So uh, check his stuff out as well. And then, uh, you've, well, so you've already got us all. You got Outdoor you got Legacy. You got Hans East Texas. You got, you got out, you got it all. It, we've got a lot of content out. This is our busy time of year. So, uh, we are, uh, working furiously behind the phones, trying to, to get people's orders in. Uh, it's very, very busy, but at the same time, the temperatures are dropping. The cold fronts are coming in. It's an awesome time to be in the field. So we're trying to do both. Mm -hmm. So we've got some more reviews and stuff coming very soon. And as always, we've got our best of series coming this fall. So stay tuned to the late night vision. A lot show. of stuff coming up. This has been episode 288. We're working up and getting close to 300. Jason can't wait to do it. It may time out close to shot show. But y'all stay tuned. Don't miss any Thursday episodes. Don't miss Two Minute Tuesday, please, because it's a lot of effort, even though it's a short amount of time. We look so forward to seeing y'all next week. Stay safe in the fields and keep making them bacon pancakes.